Would you do something with me this morning? Would you stand to your feet this morning? Just for a minute. Please. Thank you. Let's just make a declaration this morning from our hearts to the Lord. Can you just lift your hands with me this morning? Let's just make a declaration. Say, Father, here I am. Open the ears to my open my ears to hear. Open my eyes to see. Open my heart to receive. Heal me. Fill me. Use me. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I ask that you use me this morning. God, you would clear my mind. God, you would use my mouth and my heart this morning. God, that everything I say would be according to your word. God, I just submit myself to you this morning, God. Change us today, God. Change me, change us. Change our hearts to serve you, Lord, and to know your way and your will. In Jesus' name. All right. So how many of you got one of the start books? Did you get one? Yeah? Well, I hope some of you have been reading. I'm not going to ask if you've been reading or not, but when Chad came and asked me to speak, uh, I was about in the middle of the book, and there was a place where it said, Lord, teach us to pray. And when you get to chapters 21 and 22, it says, forgive us as we forgive others. Those two chapters come together. So I want to kind of hit on that a little bit. So if you would turn to Matthew 6. If you have your Bibles with you, your iPads, iPods, electronic Bible, Strong's Concordance, big family holy Bible off the coffee table, whichever one you brought with you today. Matthew 6. We're going to start reading in verse 7. A lot of people call this the Lord's Prayer, but it's really just Jesus' example of teaching us how to pray. He says in verse 7, it says, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Gentiles during these days were being were very religious people. And they were saying their prayers from the street corners. They were saying them out loud and using long words. They just wanted to be heard. And all God is saying is, I just want you to come talk to me. I just want you to talk to me. I already know what you need, but I want you to communicate with me. And when we do, Jesus says, this is how we need to do it. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And here's where he hits it. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, he doesn't stop there. He emphasizes the part of the prayer to make sure we get it. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So what he's putting there, he's saying, in that prayer, he's saying, Father, forgive me as I forgive others. So we look at that and we go, man, that carries a big load. So let's talk a little bit about what forgiveness and unforgiveness is. Go to Matthew 18. And we're going to read 15 through 17 and 21 through 35. And we're going to talk about that. Matthew 18, if you got it, say, I got it. We've got a few there, okay. Matthew 18, 
starting in verse 15. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And notice it didn't say, go and tell your best friend who offended you. Go and tell your neighbor, call somebody on the phone, tell them you got offended. It says, go to them. And we're talking about your brother here, okay? This is somebody that is a Christian, a believer. Go and tell them his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. Those people need to be wise. They don't need to just be your neighbor or somebody who wouldn't understand. You need to take some believer who is wise in the word and somebody that can be a witness, a true witness to this. It says, take them and that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. We're talking about believers here, okay? Tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And if you know anything about the word of God, you would know Gentiles and tax collectors back in those days were ostracized. Talk to the hand, I have nothing to say to you. So what we're talking about here is we're talking about somebody who has sinned against you and you're going to deal with that issue. And you bring it before them and they tell you, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Up your nose with a rubber hose, as we used to say when we were kids. Okay? So it says from there to take somebody with you, two or three with you, and to approach them. As it goes along, and they keep on saying, I'm not apologizing, I'm not asking you to forgive me, it goes on and it says, even to the point it says, you ostracize them, you have nothing to do with them. Clean your hands, you're done. You've done everything you can to reconcile this situation. Let's go on to verse 21. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Now, here Jesus is getting ready to tell a story. He's getting ready to tell a parable, what we call. I know some of you, you may have been dealing with your children, trying to teach them a lesson, and you might have said, you know, your daddy did something stupid a long time ago, and you try to teach them a lesson from a story that you can relate to. Or some of you say, your mama did something stupid a long time ago, and, you know, you're trying to teach them a lesson. So, verse 24 says, when he began to settle, one, when he began to settle the king with his servant, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, let me break it down for you. 10,000 talents doesn't really mean much to us these days, but let me explain to you how much it was back in those days. One talent was worth 20 years' wages. Okay? That's about the equivalent of around $1,000, I think they said. Okay? So, $1,000. And he said he owed 10,000 talents. So you take 1,000, you multiply it times 10,000. That's 10 million talents, $10 million. $10 million 
that he owed the king. That's a lot of money now, right? Think about it, well, how much that was back then. That's a lot. Since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him. He's repenting. Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. Now, how many of you, if you owe $10 million and somebody said, you know what, you're forgiven. You said, please, I'll, I'll pay for it, I'll take care of it. And you go, you know what, I'm not just going to release you from this, I'm going to release you from all of it. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? That this king would have that much mercy. And that's what Jesus did for us. When we came before him and we said, Lord, you've offered a sacrifice. I repent because I owed everything. And you didn't owe anything, but you still paid it all. And when we come before him and we say, I repent, God changed my heart. Forgive me of my debts. And Jesus said, you're forgiven. But notice, you can't be forgiven without repentance. You can't be forgiven without being asked to be forgiven when it comes to Jesus. Can you come before the Lord and just expect God to forgive you without you asking for forgiveness, to repent? No, you can't, right? That's why he says, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to come in repentance. It says, since he could not pay, the master ordered him to be sold. He fell on his knees and said, have patience with me. The king forgave him his debt. Verse 28. said, but when the same servant, now this is the same servant that was forgiven of his debt, he went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now a denarii was a day's wage. Okay? So that day's wage might have equaled around $4.10. Maybe not even that much. Just say it did. And he owed him 100 of those. That's $410. So that's what this servant owed this other servant who was already had mercy on him for his debt. says he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. It's the same thing he said to the king, right? Same thing. But what did he do? He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him, uh-oh, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. If our brother comes to us and says, forgive me. If we go to our brother and say, this is an offense. And your brother says, forgive me. We forgive them. But what if you go to your brother and he doesn't say, forgive me? So you turn him over to the Lord and the Lord would deal with him. Number one, unforgiveness will imprison you. 
Unforgiveness will imprison you. A lot of you have heard forgiving someone is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die, not forgiving someone with unforgiveness in your heart. You're expecting something bad to happen to them, and you're the one carrying all that on you. It'll lock you away up in its chains. It will restrain you from what God is wanting to spiritually release in you. A lot of you come in and you worship God and your heart is, is, is lined up direct with Him. But a lot of times this is good and sometimes this is not. The Bible specifically talks about, we've already read it, if we have aught with our brother or sister to go to them. Go to them. Tell them. We're going to read a little bit more on that in just a minute. But maybe you're imprisoned by unforgiveness. Maybe it's because of the offense of something that happened to you in the past. And God wants to release you from the offense. You hear what I'm saying this morning? God wants to release you from the offense. He wants you to be able to let that go. Now, there's some people that are going to come and do you wrong. And they're not going to come ask for forgiveness. That doesn't mean you just go, hey, it's all good. We are released from the offense. God releases us from that. And we let God deal with the rest on that. You wash your hands of it. John 10, 10 says abundant life. I've come to give you abundant life. Not life in prison, not life limited, not weighed down. He wants to free you. He wants to take you further. Say this morning with me. Heal me. Fill me. Use me. So we need to know where unforgiveness comes from, okay? We talked about offense a while ago. Luke 17, 1 through 6. Luke 17. You got it? Luke 17, 1 through 6. Said he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come. Now, the King James Version says this. It says, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. So how many of you know offenses are going to come in this life? Yes? How many of you have ever been offended before? Everybody in here, I have their hand raised. I have been offended. You've been offended before. But woe to the one, woe to the one through whom they come, those offenses. So we're not just talking about being offended, we're talking also about being the one who offends. Okay? So it would be better for him, the one that offends, if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Anybody know what a millstone is? If you took a big tire and you made it completely out of stone, they were used to roll and crush things in the mill. If you took that and hung it around your neck and jumped off a ship into the ocean, where are you going to go? Straight to the bottom, right? So it would be better if someone who was offensive in that manner to take a millstone, have it tied around their neck, cast into the sea, that should cause one of these little ones to sin. And that's not just talking about children. That's talking about immature unbelievers, new babes in Christ. They're the ones that are really watching, for example, on what we do as Christians. Verse 3 says, pay attention to yourself. We need to be examining ourselves, watching what's going on in our life. It says, if your brother sins, listen, 
If your brother sins, we've already talked about this before, but this is a different, uh, different scripture reference. It says your brother sins, it says rebuke him. Rebuke him. Okay? So, Justin, come here. Come up here. Justin, I want you to push me on the shoulder. Start, just keep pushing me. Now, Justin's going to keep pushing me because I'm not saying anything, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything to him. He's just going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until I say, Stop! He would have kept doing that until I had to say something, right? So if he sees that that offended me, and I just say, you're, you need to quit doing that because you're offending me, then what are you going to say as a believer? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Please right? Forgive Please forgive me. You're forgiven, all right? Thank you. All right, now, if Justin would have done that, and then I would have said, stop, and he would have said, no. And he would have kept offending me and kept offending me. You know what? Justin and I, after we dealt with, I may get, hey, Chad, come up here. We need to deal with this situation. Justin keeps pushing on me. We need to work this out. Either that or I'm going to get my flesh and clock him one, one or the other, right? Okay. So I wouldn't do that to Justin. Justin's a pretty big boy. He's pretty, pretty, pretty solid there, Justin. All right. And, and we may have an issue there, but here's the deal. If Justin says up your nose with a rubber hose, I'm not going to repent, then guess what? Justin and I don't have fellowship anymore. We have an issue that until we both can come to terms is not going to be resolved. And I have to turn that over to the Lord and let God deal with the rest of it. The Lord says he'll turn, what is it, talk about stiff neck? Often being reproved, hard in his neck will ultimately be destroyed. And that without remedy. Thank you, Justin. Right. So here we have, he's talking about, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Right? If he sins against you seven times in a day, and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Now notice it does, there's a lot of ifs in here. It's conditional, right? There's a lot of ifs. If he does this, then you do that. So say it's a push. The next say it's a cutting word. And the next say it's something else. They go to go, man, did you see what you just did? Oh, I see that. I, I repent. I'm sorry. Listen, I understand there, there are things people do out of, out of ignorance, okay? Believe me. I completely bear witness with that. I've done some stupid stuff. But whenever you say, look, I see that, I repent, and there's forgiveness. Now, sometimes people just do it because they just got aggravation in them, and they're just offensive all the time. Then there needs to be a change of heart. There needs to be a place where God changes their heart and who they are. Woe to those who are doing that, all right? So it says here, it says, saying, I repent, you must forgive them. I like this verse 5. It says, the apostles, and these are all the guys sitting around there who are followers of Jesus, the believers. He said, they said to the Lord, increase our faith. 
How many of you know sometimes when you get offended, when somebody comes, your brother may come and offend you, sometimes it's not so easy to forgive. It's not always easy. When they say, I repent, then you know there's going to be reconciliation there. But the problem is, is a lot of people aren't saying stop. A lot of people aren't rebuking the one who's causing the offense. We're just letting it go and letting it happen and letting things keep moving on and on. And all that does is cause division, causes problems, weighs you down, breaks up relationships, destroys the church. If we would hold each other accountable and begin to speak into each other's life and say, hey, this is not right. I love you, but this has got to stop. It has to end. And you'll gain a brother. Either that or you won't. So there has to be repentance there. As the Lord said, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this, what? Mulberry tree? Have we had a scripture reference that says something about, say to this mountain? Well, God, Jesus uses something a little bit different here. He says, a mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Why did he use this terminology? Because unforgiveness has roots and it can root into you. It can root into you deep. Unforgiveness will root into you. A seed gets planted. An offense gets rooted. And it makes your fruit bitter. And that's what we don't want. We don't want that to happen. Some of you today have, felt, have never felt complete forgiveness because you never learned to forgive. You might have been raised in an environment by your mom or grandmother or father and all they did was talk bad about people. Some people go to their grave mad at people, never going to them to make amends, never going to them to say, I have an offense biblically like the Bible says. And God today is saying to you, whatever it is, you need to deal with that. For some of you today, there's things that's happened in your past that's beyond your control. There's things that's happened to you, and you know what? Some things are just have happened the way they have, but God wants to come and relieve the offense off of you. He wants to relieve that. He wants you to be able to give that to him so you can be healed. Am I telling you you need to go to them and, and, and say if it was somebody that abused you long ago and say, I forgive you? I'm not saying that. There can be no forgiveness without repentance. Okay? What I'm saying to you is this. The offense tends to hang on people quite often. And we need to have that removed off of us so that we can feel free. We're carrying loads and chains and weights that God didn't mean for us to carry. God has a purpose for us, and God wants us to be able to feel free. And today, God wants to free you from some of that hurt. He wants to free you from some of the pain maybe that you've been through. And today, maybe somebody here in this place, you need to go to them and say, look, we have, we've, had, we've got issues that we need to work on and we need to fix. But God wants to heal today. Some of you become a product of your environment, but God has placed you in this environment, and God says he wants to set you free. 
This is a place of healing and restoration. And today God is saying, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Some of you are frozen in your situation. Like that, huh? Number three, unforgiveness is not natural. It's not natural. Look at children, little kids. They wake up in the morning, they start playing, they get in a fight. What are they doing at lunchtime? Still playing. What we've done is, is we've learned to take an offense and hold on to it. We hold on to it. And God's saying, you need to get it dealt with, resolve it. Give it to me. Hey, if somebody just says they're not going to repent, there's not really much you can do about that, but just distance yourself from them. But God wants to heal whatever hurt you have today. How do we do that? Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Some of you have become bitter from offenses, like on, on your job or something. And so from that first job, you, you can't keep a job going because you're still hanging on to that offense. Some of you, it may be a church you've been to before and you just can't find the right church because you're still holding on to that offense. Listen, there's no perfect churches. There's no perfect jobs out there. Everybody's saying, give me the perfect job, Lord. You're going to find offenses everywhere you go. So what do you do? You go to the root of the issue. You go to that offense. You pluck it out. Let me say this first. If you have aught with somebody who's a brother in Christ, you need to be obedient to the word. You need to go to them and say, hey, we have an issue that we need to talk about. I feel that you've done me wrong in this area. Now, if you've offended somebody, you need to go to whoever you offended. You need to say, you know what? I feel I offended you. I want to make this right. And pray that the Lord brings reconciliation in this. But today the Lord wants to fix some things in your life. You go to the root, pluck it out. The thing that will have no more power over you. Revelations 2.5 says, Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent, there's that word again, and do the works that you did at first. Some of you here were serving the Lord, you were on fire, and something happened, a root came in, and caused and weighed you down and pulled you from where God had you serving and on fire. And God wants to bring you back to that place. He wants you to repent and start from where you were and keep going forward. And God wants you to let that offense go and give it to God. When God breaks the chains off and buries it, don't dig it back up. Psalms 103 and 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far, he removes our transgressions from us. Isn't that good to know? God forgives us. He doesn't remember it anymore. Bow your heads with me this morning. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning?
I believe there's a lot of people in this world today that have gone through a lot of pain and a lot of hurt all throughout their life. You can see it because families are broken and abuse takes place and there's so many things that happen in this world. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said he comes to bring life and life abundantly. Unforgiveness is a strong thing. And knowing how to forgive and when to forgive, biblically, has some deep lines in it. It's something that God wants to teach us how to do. I myself am even learning. But God today wants to fix some things in you. God wants to fix some hurts in some of you. God wants to fix some pains. If you're here this morning and you say, Brother William, man, I've got some hurt from the past. I've got some pain from the past. And, man, I just want God to heal me and touch me this morning. If that's you this morning, if you just lift your hand, say, that's me. Hands everywhere this morning. You know what? God loves you. He wants to fix the things that are broken in your life. The places that you're torn and you're weary. He wants to strengthen you. God also wants to fix those places where if you have a brother or sister in Christ and you are having issues, he wants those to be fixed as well. And he teaches us how to do that. And it takes courage, it takes love, it takes repentance. So this morning, I'm fixing to ask everyone to stand. And if you're here this morning and you said, William, I, I really have a place that I really want God to heal in my life. Some pain, some hurt. I've been carrying with me. And I really want to give it to the Lord this morning. I just want to ask you to come and just lay it down at the altar and give it to the Lord this morning. And let him heal your heart. Let him heal what's going on in your life. As we all stand this morning, if you would, come. God's prepared a place at this altar for you so you could come and lay it at his feet. Come on.